Hey there, Pond Stars, and welcome to the Rat Hole. This is your host, Commissioner Zach Eichten, with, of course, our spectacular guest host, Drew Mahold, owner of the Gruesome Grinders. Welcome, Drew. It is a pleasure and an honor, as always, to join the Rat Hole. I can think of no better honor I've ever had in my life. That seems right. That seems appropriate. Um, That seems like it should be... um, stated more by our guest hosts as we as we move through um mm-hmm. uh the rest of the season I, I i do expect that from from the rest of you if you ever host the show with me yeah i mean that that's that, that should be the the minimum uh you know statement because the, yeah. the 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 prestige and the uh you know the flair of the show the awareness of the show out to the public i mean it's unmatched a I just don't see how, you know, there, I can't think of a greater honor that any of us has experienced. I mean, not to, not to say lowly things about us as a group of people, but I just, knowing everybody well enough, this is just one of those peak experiences that you get. It's like a once in a lifetime thing, but we have the opportunity to do it more than once. And, and really, when you think about it, like this is the preeminent prestige show that covers the Pong Stars Fantasy Football League. Like, the, yeah, no I mean, other show even gets close to covering no, it. No, of course not. Of course not. Of course not. I mean, the competition is fierce, but at the end of the day, the rat hole is the number one source for all of your news analysis, takes, opinions, um, league news, NFL news. It's all there. It's all here, and you get it once a week um, from this source. It's, it's honestly, it's frankly, it's unbelievable. Um, that you, that Commissioner Ike, and you put this together, but then also that I get to be a part of it. It, it. And we're uh, all lucky. We're, I have we're no words. Lucky. I have no more words. Even though I just said lots of words, I have no words. No further words on this. Yes, subject. but we do have a different subject, and that, of course, is our week five recap. Let's head, let's head on over into that week five recap, Drew. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. we'll start, start with the the just like off the top. Um, put this in the group chat, obviously, but. Um, this is the highest total points across the league scored um, in Pong Stars keeper era history. Um, to us. By a pretty significant margin as well. This is, me, this is me clapping. I don't know if this is actually heard of the audio or not, but yeah, that's, that's really good audio. Um, that's that's good radio. It's just really, clapping. <laughs> really spectacular. Um, yeah, this is actually the the first time in the keeper era. Uh, during the regular season here where um, the, the threshold cross of 1300 total points was met. Um, this is nice. a pretty, a pretty uh, bombastic week. A lot of uh, really close showdowns, especially with a really intense high scoring Monday night game. Um, it was, it was yep. really enjoyable and fun to watch here. Um, and of course the first matchup was the gluten freaks versus worse than trash uh, myself coming out on top. 134.7 to 127. Um, I guess just right off the bat, thanks to the Browns defense for making Austin Eckler score a touchdown. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that came up clutch for you. Um, I think so that that kind of portion of the game where Eckler, I think, did he score three touchdowns in the fourth quarter or did he have two in the fourth and one earlier in the game? I can't remember exactly what that sequence was, but yeah. he came on strong at the end of that game. And then a big difference too was Josh Allen having a huge game but virtually none of that being digs. So that was huge for that matchup. That swung uh, the pendulum he- heavily in your favor. 
Yeah. Um, just, uh, speaking frankly here, um, I, I, uh, I wanted to beat Tony more than anyone else in, across my leagues this week. Um, it does, it does bring me a lot of joy. That's fair. That's um, fair. Tony and I have actually a really, really also Josh battery. Allen revenge game, by the way, very much a Josh Allen revenge game. Um, Tony and I uh, now uh, are two and two against each other in regular season. Um, and I hold the edge in our one postseason matchup one and oh, so it's a three and two. It's, it's a close rivalry between Tony and I, and it, it very few people rival um, how much I like, to beat Tony. I was playing against Jamie's dad um, where I needed Dawson Knox to outscore Tyreek Hill to win. Um, Wait, did that happen? It must've. It, it did happen. I ended up winning that, that matchup by 0.5 points, um, which he, he wants to beat me as badly as I want to beat Tony. So it was an all around great okay. for me with uh, yeah. Dawson Knox going off as well, but Josh Allen revenge game. Oh, spectacular. Yeah. The Josh Allen revenge game. That's a, a narrative that many people didn't see or talk about going in, but he was let go very disrespectful cut by Tony Townsend uh, for Drew Brees, an aging old vet that at the time and still to this day, probably can't throw the ball more than 35 yards. And then you have Josh Allen who can double that up. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure Josh Allen, the performance he had last year was probably fueled by Tony's decision and it had some great uh, ramifications throughout the league. Uh, all the way through week 16, the championship game, I can test from personal experience. Yeah. And, and what really comes down to the difference in this game here was quarterback to receiver cross play. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Josh Allen having, having an absolute uh, day. Um, yeah. Then Bobby Woods too. Steph, and not throwing to Stefan Diggs, but then also Bob trees uh, <laughs> catching everything that Matt Stafford threw his way, basically. Um, and Matt mm -hmm. Stafford not getting much off of him. Which it's interesting because I think there was some comments made, um, that were there, it was either reported that Woods had said something to his team or he maybe said them publicly, but he was like, I need more targets. And so the Rams very much fulfilled that, that wish and just force fed him the ball. It's, it's the whole always game. great, uh, to get 21 points without a touchdown. Right. Um, it you you know that uh, they're definitely trying to make a uh, a difference there. I think it was it was very obvious uh, to me watching that game that a lot more coverage is going to get thrown at Cooper Cup right now, at least over the next couple of right. games. It seems uh, to uh, account for how how crazy he played in those in those first couple of weeks. Um, and Bob Trees managed to make yeah. And the thing is, Cup still ended up with like seven catches for ninety two yards or something like that. So. Uh, credit to him, you know, I mean, there's so much talk about this, like this whole deal that Stafford and Cooper Cup get breakfast every day together and they have such a buddy buddy relationship. And so uh, I think you know, maybe as a strategy for the Rams are like, you know what, we need to straighten this out a little bit. We needed to get Woods the ball that way. Like you said, the coverage isn't so heavily plastered onto Cooper Cup. Yeah. And uh, I will say that, you know, Tony's team actually performed very well to 127 points nothing to shake your head at. Um, I'm especially impressed by Najee Harris and just the, the clear dominance that he has been having. Um, right now he's uh, running back four in PPR formats. Um, and the fact that Tony ever considered trading away that first round pick is baffling to me, but uh, guess uh, he ended up making the right decision there. I mean, if you find a running back that gets 
as many touches as Najee Harris is. There's only, there's a handful of them in the league and those guys are valuable just because of the opportunities they get. Harris is one of them. Um, Dalvin Cook is one of them and he's healthy. McCaffrey is one of them. Derek Henry is one of them. And the list gets quite a bit shorter after that. Eckler is probably one of them now where they're getting 20 plus at a minimum every week. So when Harris has joined that group, that makes them really effective. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely awesome to see. Um, tough, tough blow for Tony um, right now with just his injury report of Clyde. He hasn't been playing Clyde as much this year, um, but still going on IR. That is that is tough to see. Um, mm-hmm. We wish him all the best. Uh, but we should probably move on here to our next matchup, which is yours: the Lock Plopses versus the Gruesome Grinders. Gruesome Grinders taking the win narrowly over the Lock Plops. Narrowly, this thing got a little. Uh... This thing, this got interesting a little bit there. Um, it appeared that I had a pretty clear advantage going into that Sunday night game. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it, it was shaky. We had Mahomes turnovers that suddenly gave the lead back to John, and uh, the Chiefs just weren't moving the ball very well. And so it turned into a sloppy fest where, and when this happens, Mahomes gets very antsy and way more prone to turnovers. So it was scary. Uh, I kind of feel like I, got away with one a little bit there um you know in a way it was kind of like it was like i should have won this a lot more handily than i did because of all the touchdowns i i I had uh sunday afternoon but then things slowed down quite a bit during that game yeah uh it it definitely i think you're being absolutely propped up right now by derrick henry um and his his whole business of being the number one running back this year again getting 31 points high scoring running back in week five um and then actually just hate to say it but alexander madison uh coming out strong getting 25 Mm -hmm. carries even though uh, you know both of us were at that uh at that lions game wasn't i mean i think the play calling worked for madison didn't really work for uh having an exciting or good game no. uh, but well that's what the vikings do to a fault that's what the vikings do to a fault they give their running back the ball 30 times, um, which I don't necessarily agree with that philosophy in general. And, but for fantasy, I knew it was happening. And that's, that's why I'm so keen on keeping Madison around is just Dalvin's not a, you know, he's, he's, he's injury prone to be quite frank. And so um, when he, you can count on him to miss a few games a year and that's when Madison shows up and puts up 20 points. Yeah. Uh, and, and it definitely worked for you this week. Um, I I'm of course uh you know, feeling for John a little bit here, uh, definitely a tough blow, um, a tough blow for him to not be able to not be able to eke out a win with 143 points. Um, but I, I got to say, I'm pretty impressed by his uh, by his team. I am a little bit wondering why he's not playing Kareem Hunt more. Uh, he hasn't scored under 15 points in four of his five games. Uh, that's actually wild. I didn't even realize he was putting up that kind of production. Um, yeah. For the, I mean, yeah, the, the Browns use those running backs so much, man. It, it, that's it is wild. Um, you know, he's, yeah, he's getting targets. He's only on the field, you know, 44% of the time, but it's doesn't matter. He's making the most of it and he is getting some pretty yep. high yards per carry right now. So I, I'm kind of shocked by that. Um, if he had put cream in instead of, uh, Deontay Johnson, yeah. also tough that, uh, prison Mike, we have the whole trade and we got some revenge games going on here. And, uh, John doesn't start prison Mike in his revenge game against the Bruce and grinders. 
after the gruesome grinds traded him. That's a very, that's a big uh, mistake, a big blunder by, by John to not realize what was at stake here. Uh, I know the 1.6 point performance the previous week probably scared him away, but um, with that, the, the, the revenge game narrative there, you, you got to play him. Like even if you look at my team, I got AB in that trade, 28 points for AB in his revenge game against the Lock Plopsters. Um, now I didn't end up needing those points, but you know, it's just one of those where, uh, when the revenge game happens, you got to play your guys, uh, because they show out against their former teams. Um, and I'm talking about the fantasy football teams, not about the real teams. Of course. No, they don't, they don't care about that. It's all about fantasy football teams. Right. I, I, I want to point out one thing before we move on here. And it is that, um, on your bench, uh, you have a guy with a, a, a green mark next to him for scoring 1.3 points. Um, because he outperformed his 0.39 point projection. Uh, Is that what that means? I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good, good for Jarrett Patterson. Um, good work. He was projected for 0.39, got 1.3. That's almost three times as much as he was projected. Dang. Good, good on that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I, it's just a handcuff situation. You know, I, I'm, yeah, uh, I'm crazy Patterson about my handcuffs. Definitely the handcuff. Um, for, yeah. For yeah. I, it's uh, for sure. You know, I, I got to plan ahead. Got to have the guy ready. Uh, let's <laughs> move on here to uh, game number three, which is Randy's donuts versus Jack's on Jack's off. Finally a game from Noel uh, that he can be proud of here. Led of course by sophomore quarterback, Justin Herbert. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, we hear all this stuff from Noel, like, oh, my team sucks. Oh, I, I'm going to tank for next year and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's He's had a really good roster this whole time. That's not a secret. Um, we've, If you've been you know, paying attention, you know Noel's team is one to be – is a force to be reckoned with. And it showed out finally this week. You know, he was kind of very due for something like this. Kyle Pitts was due for a big game. Uh, that finally happened. Uh, the Jonathan Taylor explosion was kind of crazy on Monday night. But – um, you know, Metcalf is due for a couple touchdowns, um, and you're getting, you know, 30 touches from your running back as a Panther, like, you know, he, for, uh, Chua Hubbard there, that's to be expected when you get the ball 30 times. So this is, you know, I'm not surprised by this to be quite honest with you. Um, and of course we get charged in a shootout, Herbert's going to put up numbers. So, uh, it just sucks for, for Josh to run into the buzz. I like that. Yeah, definitely tough for Josh, especially when, you know, his his front three here, Lamar, Zeke, and James Robinson, are putting up fantastic numbers. You know, Lamar getting 41.88 points, um, just having an absolute day. He could have, you know, if he if he's able to get that knee down um, and not not fumble that ball um, right by the goal line there, you know, he's outscoring, he's outscoring Herbie. Um, and it's, it, mm-hmm. it was, it was a fun game to watch, uh, Lamar play in, um, I, again, I've said this every, every week and over the last uh, three weeks here, but, um, turns out when you give James Robinson enough touches, he plays like a good running back. Who would have thought? The Jags drafting a running back this year. Dumbest thing I've ever seen I, in the first round. I mean, I yeah. mean, they just saw James Robinson come from undrafted to, what did he finish in the rushing last year? Like top 10 at least probably higher than that. Um, and then to go out and get a running back, like they need one when could use that pick to bolster other, other spots um, baffling, but that's why urban Meyer is, is was a dumb hire to begin with. And then of course we know what's, what else is going on there. Yeah. Uh, not the head coach I thought was going to keep his job this week. I definitely thought it was going to be 
thought he was going to be on the block, but uh, here we are uh, in a different situation. Um, yes. But yes. Uh, yeah, Josh, you know, you're doing your best out there, man. Keep it up. You know, you beat, you beat a lot of other teams um, that you didn't, you didn't beat the league median this week. And I was 130 points, which is baffling and bonkers, but um, you know, great score and, you know, get out there, get them next, next week. I'm sure you'll, sure you'll have a better one. Let's move on over to uh, game number four here, which is uh, our our closest match of of the week of the imposters winning over the Google team names. Um, the imposters moving to four and one on the year so far. Um, yeah, you, you want to talk about grit? The imposters have some have some grit. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, you get zero point nine on Saquon Barkley, and only nine point oh eight from Russell Wilson, and you still come out with a win. That's that's some impressive stuff there. So credit to, to Lucas and credit, I will say big time pickup bills defense uh, yes. past couple of weeks now have been huge for him. Uh, I believe over 40 points combined the last two weeks and putting up 17 against the chiefs is something to, to take note of. So uh, big pickup there. And of course, Patterson um, Cordero Patterson emerging as a fantasy superstar, um, not even in a game where he didn't score a touchdown, still putting up 15 points. Um, yeah. Score Daryl is um, what a move by Lucas to grab him. Yeah, that that is an impressive and incredible. I'm I'm so happy for Lucas on that pickup there. Um, keeper confirmed, obviously for Score Daryl right now. Um, but I do want to just point out that as of right now, Lucas has surpassed his total number of regular season wins um, from the 2020 season, moving to four and one this year. There you go. Congrats, Lucas and uh, Imposters. Um, you know that's that's a remarkable achievement. But I know I know that he and his team are uh, itching to get more more accomplishments uh, the rest of the season here. Absolutely. Uh, and then as far as Sammer's team goes, uh, you know it's really tough when your your star quarterback, who was uh, number two going into the week, uh, puts up thirteen points. You know. Even one more, he, he fumbled twice. Uh, Kyler Murray fumbles twice. You know, if he is able to hold on one of those, that's a win for Samer. Um, definitely tough, especially with, you know, uh, Fournette and Kamara putting up big numbers. Um, you know, it's, it's just tough to, tough to watch. Uh, and, you know, there's not really much that Sam can do. Uh, maybe get rid of Dallas Goddard, who's, you know, not been playing well mm-hmm. this year. Um, I, I, he's on the COVID list. I don't think that Samer needs to pick him back up after this, uh, after this drop that he's going to have to do to, to fill that position for Thursday night. I think one of the disappointing things, well, a couple of things. So Calvin really has been supremely disappointing oh, yeah. based on expectations, uh, but also T Higgins was kind of already falling back into the shadow, uh, with Jamar chase being there in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And so those two keepers for him have kind of really not worked out, um, which is kind of at the root of his team sort of falling back to earth a little bit. Kamara had a good game, but at the end of the day, you know, that you're going to, based on the way his receivers are trending right now, you're going to have to get 30 for Murray and probably another 26 from Kamara to have a chance every week. Yeah. And, you know, I, I will say a, a one bright spot on this team is Leonard Fournette um, being able to uh, get some pretty good points over the last couple of weeks. It seems like he's sort of taken control as the uh, lead back um, boxing out Rojo and, and mm-hmm. Giovanni Bernard and down in Tampa Bay. So 
that that's a bright spot. Um, but we'll just we'll just have to see uh, as it moves mm-hmm. on if Sam is able to right the ship. Um, Sam started really hot last year and fizzled out. Uh, this year it's a little bit more of a struggle for uh, for the names, but I think he's got a good good opportunity to to right the ship yeah. in week six here. Uh, let's move over to our game of the week of last uh, last week, which was the spring chickens versus the dog sniffers. Uh, obviously, a, a tough matchup for these guys. Um, when we look at you know Brennan and Thomas, historically really close matchup. Going into last week, they were seven and seven in regular season uh, overall. Um, Brennan held a little bit of a advantage in postseason wins, um, but you know it's always a shootout between these two teams. And Thomas able to absolutely yeah. obliterate the chickens um, this week. So uh, Mark Andrews getting 36 out of nowhere kind of makes this a little bit more of a stark blowout than it. I think we kind of even saw it as the whole week yeah, for sure, um, which was, you know, I mean, good for Mark Andrews. Um, it's kind of unfortunate in a way that, you know, we get all this production that Thomas gets all his production from Andrews when he doesn't really need it. Uh, when he but, had already won uh, going into Monday night. Right. Right. Uh, but the big red flag here, man, is, is, is Trey Sermon for, for, for the spring chickens. Uh, the start at running back for, for, for Swan here, getting a grand total of one carry in the game for seven yards. That's 0.7 points for those counting at home. Not <laughs> a great performance, especially when, Miles Gaskin is on the bench with 10 receptions for 74 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Swan and also Swan did have Hollywood Brown on the bench, 29 points. Also Chase Claypool on the bench, 21.5 points, uh, leaving a lot of points to be desired on that bench. Oof. Oof is all yeah. I have to say. That, that, that was the, that was probably the toughest part of all of this. Um, Brennan's max possible points. Um, his highest total max possible points, um, on the season so far at 156.98. Um, and you know, that's, that's, that's a tough one to, to get it actually, I think, I believe the tough pill to swallow, um, dropped Brennan all the way down into last place for percentage achieved of possible points this season. Um, that is a shame. Yes. Uh, definitely, definitely tough for him. Um, Definitely. It was a good matchup for, uh, for the dog sniffers. Um, I am a little concerned. I will say on, on this team that currently the entire running back production of this team is coming from Arizona, uh, starting both Edmonds and Connor is a bit of a red flag on the longevity of the situation. Um, but with uh, Tampa Tom in there, uh, each week is going to still be a, a potential win there. Yeah. I, in a way, I think that raises your floor, right? Because you're not going to have, well, I guess that kind of was a dreadful performance overall when you think about it. Um, you get 12 points out of your running backs, not going to win most of the time. Um, I don't know. I was a big Chase Edmonds guy. I still am a big Chase Edmonds guy, but it's not, it doesn't mirror what Cleveland's doing um, with Chubb and Hunt there. It's not like they're going out there in their game plan and trying to force feed the ball to James Conner. And Chase Edmonds, they have, you know, a slew of weapons on the outside that they get the ball to instead. So we'll see. Maybe Thomas will be in the market for a trade with a running back. I know there's there's not a, a ton of running backs out there to be had, uh, but it's just you, when you have 
Miles Sanders and Rojo underperforming the way they have it puts you in a tough spot. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, at what point is Rojo going to be on the waiver wire here? I think it's it. The time is coming. The time is is certainly coming. Um, He has not scored more than eight and a half points in any week so far. Um, and he has never had more than seven carries uh, or never more than that's, six carries in a game. That's yeah. I mean, that's time to cut bait. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's tough to see. Uh, and definitely uh, Thomas might be a uh, time to move on there. Um, here. There's a lot of uh, Houston running backs on the waiver wire. Yep. David Johnson's getting six touches a week. Yep. There you go. Absolutely. Same, same level of production. Uh, but let's move on over here to, uh, of course, our favorite segment, the fun fact of the week. Something like that. I don't know. It was definitely that. That was it for sure. Um, all right. This fun fact is uh, being brought to us by... Uh, the current uh, standings um, in, in the sleeper app here, uh, it's, a, it's a very en- uh, enjoyable fun fact for nine teams here. Um, nine out of 10 teams currently have more maximum points for than points against. Um, so in theory, uh, every team setting a perfect lineup could have done five and oh, uh, against against all their, all their teams here. Um, that does leave one team that uh, does not have more maximum points for than points against. Um, it is our team who has the most amount of points against, um, but also um, uh, one of the lower amounts of maximum points for, and that is the spring chickens and Brendan Swan. Brendan Swan's maximum points for this year being 659.46, uh, and the points against he's had to face so far this year. 678.84 points. Um, so definitely has been a very tough schedule for the chickens. Um, and, uh, you know, as we, as we mentioned, uh, lowest amount of total uh, percentage of maximum points for achieved, um, which does drop Brennan into our lowest points for um, in the league at 529.12 yeah. this year. So I would feel bad for Swan with the schedule and the points against, but when you're last in the league in points that I, I, I don't really feel bad. So yeah, Brian, you know, and he has, to, I mean, I know the injuries are there. He's got the Carson injury. He's got the Dalvin injury and eventually traded Dalvin, but um, that's, that's fantasy football. You're going to have injuries. It's yeah. about having the right replacements and the right guys after that. And uh, he hasn't so far. This Brennan season. has had the worst, um, the worst storm right now of a simultaneous lowest points for and highest points against. I mean, that's a shame that, that that's something you just hate to see. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't really control your points against uh, you can't control those points for though, but in Brennan's case, even that wouldn't have uh, saved him from his, his woes this year. So Brennan, I know it's, I know it's tough out there right now, boss, but uh, you know, play some better defense, I guess. Right. Uh, but he's, not that was, he's not listening to this anyway, so we can roast the crap true. out of him if we want. That's true. There's no way Brennan ever listens to this program. He'll, he'll put into the chat this week that he actually did listen. Watch. I don't know. What, I what, mean, should there be a code word? Uh, 
Code word is Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah. All right. That's good. Brennan, put Ladanian Tomlinson into the group chat if you have uh if you have listened to this episode here. But uh all right, let's get over to um our our next segment here, which uh oh, what is that? That's a haunted doll watch. Drew Mahold. All right, it is time for uh our favorite segment here at Pong Star Studios. Um, on the rack, nice. which is the haunted doll watch, uh, where we take a look at the latest and greatest in haunted dolls out on the eBay machine. Um, and just to uh, try to convince uh, our listeners to uh, buy them and, oh, Jesus, uh, try to participate in them. Uh, I accidentally zoomed in on a picture on my second screen and it spooked me real bad just now. Mm. Um, but this one is, uh, of course, haunted doll, uh, the spirit of Luis. Piece. Okay. Which is Intriguing. A 14 inch porcelain doll. Um, and uh, here we here we go um, into the description. Uh, Drew, I'm going to send you a link to this listing so that you can participate with me. Um, I would love just to. to this, just to describe Louise here. Um, Louise is a 14 inch uh, porcelain doll um, that has eyes that will stare into your soul and never stop looking uh it, they have they are haunting me right now on my screen um very human eyes those are but, actually remarkably human eyes yeah this, oof it's difficult to look at um remarkably human um extremely white as well just like the whole mm-hmm. doll is extremely white here um but uh, here, here's the description for anyone who's interested in, in Louise um, from, from the seller. Uh, Thank you for looking at my auction. I don't attempt to say I'm an expert in the paranormal. There's so much to experience and time included in this activity. I've been on many haunted and paranormal searches with people that I consider much more experienced than me. Some of the experiences I've encountered have been false while others have been an exciting adventure to be in the same space with a new spirit. I've collected many things from these places. I believe spirits can attach themselves to tangible items for all kinds of reasons, but some of them can be false. This okay. is this is Louise. She is only three years old and likes to babble. Sometimes I understand and sometimes I don't. It's just going to take some time to communicate with her. If you have time to work with her, I, I sure she will be wonderful. That's that's in quotes. that's a typo. There's multiple typos as I'm reading this, by the yes. way, but I'm not going to interrupt you. So, yeah, she she has indicated that her blood was bad, but she is no longer in any pain. <laughs> Spooky. Uh, she's looking for someone to love her and give her loving home. When I say she babbles, it is like this quote. What is your name? Answer Louise. Lou, Lou, Lou. Maybe they call her Lou. That's my best guess. Wow. I do hope someone feels a connection to her. I would fee much better if I knew she was. <laughs> I would feel. I think it was fee. I would feel yeah, much better if yeah. I knew she was going to a home and someone wanted to take care of her. At this okay. time, I cannot ship outside the continental USA. And okay, I don't think that part is. Uh, yeah, I think you're. I think that part's done. Uh, so Louise sounds like a character. Uh, the, the whole babbling thing is interesting uh, because, you know, if I'm going to be grabbing a or purchasing a doll, 
that I could communicate with. Um, I would like to communicate very clearly with that doll instead of the babbling piece. So uh, not a good sales pitch from this person in the description. Um, You know, like I, like I would want to, you know, if I'm going to communicate with a spirit, right. um, I want to be able to understand like communication is a two way street here. Like it's one thing to just babble, but then it's not actually communication if I'm not, understanding the message so uh you know great you have a doll that is a spirit and can say you know uh, make a phrase or babble as you say but i'm not that happy for you because i have no interest in a doll that doesn't actually talk it just makes noise uh supposedly yeah allegedly i man the eyes are haunting i have to say that they're I, I just, I feel like I can feel the spirit of Louise watching you right now, watching you right now. Like if I were to turn around, these <laughs> eyes would just be like peeking through the doorway. Like that's, that's how I feel about these eyes. Do you think those are real human eyes and they're just like, I mean, do you think it's possible that those are eyes of a real Louise person that were imp- implanted into a doll? To see the world still? I mean, it's certainly... Louise had bad blood. We know this. This is factual. Yes. So, like, in theory, the eyes are the doorways to the soul. So, moving the doorway to the soul to a new a new host figurine, in theory, <laughs> the soul should move with it. And right. there's no bad blood in this doll because there's... There's no, no blood. blood at all. Yeah. I mean... That this is all makes completely perfect logical sense. So I think so as well. Um, I think that somebody should definitely buy Louise. There is at the time of recording only 16 hours and 16 minutes to. Okay. So, you know, I'm thinking ahead here when people are able to listen to this, it will be, there will be just a few hours left. So the time is now to strike and, uh, purchase Louise for yourself to experience the spirit of a, well, it's just a babbling communication um, that you will not be able to understand very much. I mean, maybe they called her Lou and that's, that's really the, I, I hope that someone gets a connection and the seller would fee much better if they knew that she would fee much better. A, yes. A good home. So <laughs> uh, consider buying Louise, everybody um, only 22 American dollars currently um, on eBay. All right, that was so that was Louise. Um, definitely uh, go purchase her on eBay. Um, but let's mm-hmm. move over to our next segment here, which is uh, Drew and I are going to look at the draft results of the first three rounds of the Pong Stars fantasy football draft um, and just do a quick check in on who is currently the biggest bust and uh, best player of each of the first three rounds of, of this draft here. Um, and going uh, my, my pick for biggest bust of the first round, 106, Miles Gaskin. So I'm not counting Gus because he okay. got busted. I just wanted to clarify because Gus Edwards did not play a snap this year. So uh, that was my pick. That would be a, that would in a way be a bust. But yeah, I think Gaskin out of the picks in the first round. Now, although Miles Sanders also he, got picked in the first round. Yeah. And so Gaskin at least just put up 26. He had the two touchdowns, the big receiving game. I, I think I'm leaning Sanders here out of those two. 
Um, but either way, it is one of those running backs. And I don't think there's really a potential other option there. No. For sure. um, and then I think the, the best pick to me is Cooper cup. Um, and I don't think it's close. I think Najee, I don't, I'm not really going to consider Najee cause that was kind of the, the no brainer pick. Uh, but I think taking cup there when he could have potentially slipped into the second round, um, it's a big pickup for Josh. So that's my, uh, my favorite pick in round one. Yeah. I, I was going to say Cooper cup as well. Um, if I couldn't say Harris, uh, you know, the fact that Tony was even considering not taking Harris, as I said earlier, baffles yeah. me, but um, Cooper cup at one Oh seven has been an absolute steal for Josh. And I am, uh, I'm so I'm very jealous. Although if I had mm-hmm. had Cooper cup, I would have lost uh, in this last week. So maybe, maybe it mm-hmm. turned out. Okay. So that's you know, speculation. Um, all right. Second round though. Um, the biggest bust of the second round uh, to me has got to be Mike Davis. Mike Davis has been completely overtaken by Scordero. Mm. And it, it, it's real. It's a real shame because he did do so well in Carolina and just not. the yeah. same. Level. So Josh has two really bad picks in the second round. Uh, Mike Davis and Noah Fant. Yeah. Neither one has gone particularly well. I also don't like Michael Thomas in the second round because there's, I mean, we, we don't know if he'll play again. Uh, so uh, that seems like it was too risky to make uh, or too risky of a move to make already knowing that um, his situation was going to take a drastic drop off with no longer uh, no Drew Brees there anymore. Um, I think Noel's pick of Justin Herbert and then also his pick of Kareem Hunt right before that, probably the two best picks of the second round. Uh, although he did end up trading Hunt to John. I'm going to throw in an honorable mention for DJ Moore, though, um, in the second round. Uh, DJ Moore was a first-round pick uh, to the Gluten Freaks last year. Ended up getting traded for Julio. It's a whole thing. That's a whole thing. Uh, That's a whole thing. But uh, DJ Moore has, uh, up until this last week, has had massive success uh, for Sammer and the the Google team names. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw him up there for consideration for best pick of the second round at the the 210 position. Um, all right, going into the third round here, though, oof, this is this is where it gets tough. Um, I think there's a lot of options for the the worst pick um, yes. right now. Um, I mean, if we're if we're excluding injuries issues, so we have I'll exclude Raheem Mostert from consideration. Yeah, um, I, I, I think it's Odell Beckham. It has to here. be Odell Beckham or Trey Sermon. One of those two. Yeah, uh, I mean. He got a single carry this week, Sermon did. And Odell Beckham was on an offense that scored 42 points, and he had like three catches. So not even, maybe not even that. So he that's was, not uh, a good look. Odell Beckham is being phased out of the offense, and um, which a Browns offense that is very good and efficient. So um, don't, don't like that. But I think the, the number one or the, the best pick is undoubtedly Jamar Chase um, oh, in that third sure. round. Absolutely. So Tony – Tony's, I mean, his strategy has always been to, to grab, you know, these rookies, these young guys. And then if, when they become studs, kind of take advantage of that. And you're seeing that on his team now, um, you know, Najee, Justin Jefferson last year, trying to get these guys on his squad. Um, and I think with Chase and with Jefferson, you have two guys that are going to be really good players for a while. Yeah. I, I know we've, we've talked about Tony's team a lot on this program. 
Um, but you know, Najee Swift, Harris, uh, Justin Jefferson, um, Jamar Chase, and now Mike Evans being the, you know, the top guys on this team. Like, I, I don't know if this is what anyone was, I mean, I was kind of expecting this to happen eventually with Clyde not being a keeper, but right now it's not even close to Clyde being a keeper. The no. obvious first round, first pick of the 2020. Well, I think Clyde's just the, a, a general disappointment. Uh, does not need to be on a, a, does not need to be a keeper right now. I don't think he will be. No, yeah, certainly not looking at Tony's team, but yeah, that's just the the quick five week check in here. We'll check back in in a couple weeks and see where we stand because you know some of these guys might explode or fall off the cliff, and we'll uh, we'll see what mm-hmm. happens then. Uh, but let's move over to our week six previews, um, and this is this is a really exciting one here. Uh, let's start off with the gluten freaks versus the dog sniffers. Uh, former roommates uh, Thomas and Zach here um, in a a tough uh a tough matchup upcoming in week six um historically uh zach has had the edge in uh, against thomas uh seven to three wins uh this is actually my uh highest win percentage opponent against thomas is a 70 percent win percentage um and also this is just a bonus fun fact i've never uh faced off against thomas in the playoffs at all, despite being in the league for seven years now. Uh, mm. That's that's just a fun fact for you. But wow, who's your uh, uh, who's your who's your player to watch on both these teams? Player or players to watch for Thomas uh, is just the Cardinals' backfield against the Browns. I have a hard time believing both will produce to uh, double digits this week. Um, that's a tough matchup as it is. And then combined with the fact that they're splitting time with each other, just don't love that. Um, I think the other side for the gluten freaks is down cook going to play. Um, I mean, there's still the question marks there. You kind of want to see him back. I could see the possibility of the Vikings with the bye week next week saying, well, maybe a rest one more week, you get the bye week in and then kind of full go for him after that. But um, otherwise looking at the depth chart, um, I don't love the other options at running back that you have to replace Dalvin with this week. You have prison Mike on by JD McKissick is a uh, scat back type for Washington and Daryl Williams will get a large share with the chiefs, but we know how the chiefs use their running backs. Clyde has not been super productive anyway. So uh, that could be, you know, if things go wrong elsewhere, that could be a, a problematic piece for you. Yeah, to- totally agree with that. Um, I think that's, that's exactly the hole that I, I was worried about with uh, Dalvin still being injured when I made that trade. However, I will say I'm not going to play Cam Akers or Trey Sermon in that trade. So I would still be in that, uh, yes. still be in that issue, uh, even if I hadn't made that trade. So um, my guy to watch uh, is going to be Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler has been absolutely fantastic. Number two running back this year. Um, imagine trading him away. Imagine trading, imagine trading Cooper Cup and Austin Eckler for Tyler Lockett and Kenyon Drake. Yeah, that would be that be would be a tough scene. That would be a tough scene. Yeah. Uh, but Hypothetically, we'll, we'll just have to see if he can uh, keep up the production here. He's uh, scored over 18 in the last four weeks. Um, but up against the Baltimore defense, Baltimore did let up 30 points to Jonathan Taylor. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. But um, We'll, we'll have to see if he can, if he can manage it uh, for the dog sniffers. Um, I think the, the biggest question for me is who is going to 
fill the spot of Debo Samuel, who's on by. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that going to be Allen Robinson against Green Bay, which that seems like a disaster? Is it going to be KJ Osborne, the third receiver for Minnesota? Is it going to be Cole Beasley, third receiver for Buffalo? You know, I don't, I don't know what what's going to happen there uh, in that receiver slot, but that's the position to watch for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a curious one. I am very intrigued as to what that decision will be. Yeah, uh, Thomas, I think, and not to not to be mean, has some of the the biggest depth problems in the league this year. Um, There's some firepower, but then it gets pretty ugly after basically Brady, Keenan, Allen, and Kelsey Andrews is borderline. After that. Not a lot there. It's not a lot there. 150 points of last week. So who knows? We, that's true. Why am I? I that's a lot of possible. It's a lot of talk for a team that was outscored by the dog sniffers last week. So that's true. All of us were. Mm-hmm. Um, except for except for no. Uh, let's go over to uh, your matchup and the gruesome grinders were some pastas. Um, GG's and the the and Kukak here. Both at four and one, our number uh, one and two teams in the standings. One of you will fall. It's going to be interesting. I think I know who it will be just based off of uh, glass bones and paper skin peeking their head out um, from behind the imposters and <laughs> making their resurgence with all of the issues that Lucas has had over the last week. Yeah. Uh, one thing I think wasn't even mentioned this whole time was Adam Thielen is now on the injury report again. Uh, uh, so it's just there. It's uh, it's been a tough go for for uh, Lucas the past few years here. Uh, for him, I let's see here. Yeah, you know, I think Devonte Booker. Um, I, I I see he's you look when you watch him, it's like just like the the base the most basic store brand version of Saquon. Yeah. Um, and so can he be productive? Matchup's not great playing against the Rams. Also, your quarterback is Mike Glennon. And also your receivers aren't really there because I think Tony got hurt or Kadarius Tony got hurt. He already had three guys that were hurt at receiver. The Giants offense is basically the St. John's Giants. Um, So (laughs) I don't think he'll be productive, but if he can somehow be, I think that's where this matchup gets interesting. Yeah. Um, I got to watch over here for, for Lucas's team is Dawson Knox. Um, this guy has been electric so far. He's scored over 18 points last two weeks. Um, and it's just going to be a question of how much, uh, they have to throw the ball against Tennessee. I'm guessing not as much as they had to against Kansas city. And we'll have to see if Dawson Knox can keep up with that production. there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I'm noting too, especially as I get digs on my team is like, I guess that'd be my player to watch then. Cause like the targets, you know, I'm kind of buying low there where he's sort of not been phased out, but you know, he's not getting the the targets he used to. So seeing if he can get back more involved, like he was last year, seeing how that affects Knox as well. Yeah. Um, and honestly, for me, this is, uh, this is kind of shocking. The guy that I'm, I'm watching closest is Patrick Mahomes. Um, he had to throw a ton, but he, against Buffalo and still he, he had 54 passing attempts and still only had 18.98 points. Um, mm-hmm. That was a really frustrating game for him. Um, a lot of turnovers there, but 
uh, you know, a bounce back here. I think that if Patrick Mahomes is able to hit his projections, this game is going to be locked away pretty quick. But if he has another frustrating game, who's to say? Mm-hmm. Who's to say? Who's to say? Not me, for sure. Uh, let's move over to our next matchup here. The Lock Plapsdas versus Jacks on, Jacks off. Um, both of them coming off some tough losses last week. Uh, the Plopsters at two and three. Jacks on, Jacks off at three and two. Um, historically, uh, John has had a hundred percent success rate playing against Josh. Three and zero. Something to keep in mind. Yeah, and this is this seems like uh, it should be a lock. Plop says lock in at this point. You you would think so, right? Um, looking at this matchup here, I do see some favorable ones for Polingo. And Jacks on Jacks off. Um, I mean, I, I think that Ravens Charters game could be lots of points involved, which I, I think benefits Lamar Jackson. Uh, you have James Robinson against Miami. You have Cooper Cup against the Giants. You have Noah Fant against the Raiders. Um, I like the matchups on that side a little bit better than I do the matchups for John. Um, the player I'm watching for um, for Josh is going to be Noah Fant. What can he do at that tight end spec? I feel like he's going to get production everywhere else, but that tight end spec could be the difference because the other side is Darren Waller. Um, and so really the tight end matchup on both sides is kind of what I'm looking for because Waller's t- targets have dropped significantly. So seeing how much of the offense uh, will be dedicated towards Waller moving forward here too. Yeah, and uh, Noah Fant has had sort of a, a back and forth between scoring over 10 and under 10. Last week was an under 10 performance. So in theory, if the pattern holds, should be over 10 points um, for Noah Fant. Um, and Waller's my guy to watch over here on John's team as well, actually, because, you know, we got a coaching shakeup over uh, in Las Vegas. And who knows what that's going to do to the play calling and who's going to get more touches moving forward. Um, Waller's obviously a huge piece of that offense, but um, you know, different coaches have different styles, as we as we well know, being Minnesota mm-hmm. fans. So play calling that correct. Yes, correct. Uh, Prison Mike also in the lineup, though. Again, um, there you go. Over under one point seven. Now he's in the lineup. I would, guaranteed. I would 1. take. 5. I would take joy in watching Prison Mike have another clunker um <laughs> it would it would be well outside would be a shame uh it would be a shame and i would hate to see it for john but i would take joy in that as well just with the, the trade because be i i did not like trading away i think what the number two receiver or something in fantasy but yeah had to do what you had to do though right mm-hmm. um all right moving over to the google team names versus worse than trash um two and both of these teams are two and three um uh, both lost some some close matchups last last week here. Um, man, this is Sam's team is kind of falling apart at the seams here a little bit. No Camara this week, which is going to be huge. Can he get any production out of the running back spots, uh, particularly Javante? And kind of can the Broncos figure out that he's the better back and kind of give him the ball a little bit more? Um, that's the guy to watch uh, on his team for me. Uh, for Tony. Prison Mike making his debut. Uh, looks like he's got him in that flex spot Thursday night game. Um, he's produced a lot this year already, uh, which was kind of surprising to me. Even um, can he keep that up in a very loaded Bucks offense? 
Yeah, uh, I think I think those are two two great players to watch here. Uh, for Tony, I'm watching TJ Hawkinson, um, who has been he started off really strong. He had a 21 point game. He had a 16 point game the week after, and then hasn't cleared 6.2 in the last three games. Um, he's got a little bit of a knee issue. Um, and ultimately that that's the guy I'm going to watch. Uh, he's, he's a big playmaker when he's healthy, but if he's now not getting the touches, he's only getting, you know, two or three targets. It's really hard to make an impact in the game. Um, especially as a tight end. So that's, that's going to be the, the guy to watch for, for Tony here. Um, for Sammer here, it's going to be what he does with this flex position. Um, uh, Michael Pittman uh, in currently playing against Houston, uh, but you know Sammer traded for Josh Jacobs um, in the offseason here, who's sitting right there on that bench. You know why he's not playing him? Hundred percent why he's not playing him? He's playing he's the Broncos. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's exactly it. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back here. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess the player watches Harrison Butker. Uh, maybe maybe <laughs> yeah, there you go. More field goals if uh, uh, Mahomes is still on the If Sam had if Sam had Mahomes and he would play at the Broncos, he wouldn't start Mahomes. That is that I feel like that's accurate. Honestly, I don't know. Sam, maybe Sam can answer. Uh, can tell us in the group text tomorrow. Um, are you? Uh, are you not playing Josh Jacobs because he's playing the Broncos? Is it a rooting thing or is it because the Broncos defense is actually good? I would like to know the strategy behind that. I mean, I, there's, there's no way of knowing for sure, but I feel like you're right. Um, but let's get over to our uh, game of the week here, uh, which is Randy's donuts versus the spring chickens. Um, in actually- I do question. I do question the game of the week here just because of the mismatch that we will we have on paper here well yes i understand why you might question this being the game of the week however if we take a look at the trophy case right now uh the big man traveling trophy between noel tygen and brennan swan um, is up for grabs um and if brennan win- wins of course it's getting changed to the big boy trophy um, mm-hmm, of course but uh currently the big, the big man uh where he he blew out the spring chickens uh, 108.8 to 59.92 last week or last year in week seven uh during the 2020 season um absolute shootout <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was a, definitely a tough showing uh from the from the chickens um so i think Brent do we have the numbers on who what the points were that week is that something oh, we can find? Ab- absolutely, we can see where the points were. Um, I need to see. I need to see who led the way for the flaunted spring chickens that week. The spring chickens, uh, week seven uh, of twenty twenty. It was a, it was a really high scoring week, obviously for the chickens here. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot how bad this was. Oh my. All right. So total uh, fifty nine point nine two points um, in that in that game. Mm-hmm. Quarterback Russell Wilson recently acquired in uh or re- right before he gets traded away i should say 29.92 points of the 59 points <laughs> wait 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 so that means the rest of the squad averaged like five uh less than that here um jared cook comes in at number two on this team with 10.7 so that's so that is uh, so you, 30, you're left, we're left with 20 points 
roughly, uh, not even that much, honestly. Um, coming in at the third position on this team that week was defense, New England with seven. So the, the running back receivers <laughs> coming, in, coming in and flex was uh, prison Mike Evans at 4.7, Chris Carson at 4.6, uh, Graham Gano at three points. Then we, so we still have a running back and two receivers to get to um, where we have CD lamb coming in at the top of those three with 0.1 Odell Beckham coming in. Number two of that trio was zero and Jarek McKinnon coming in in last of the trio with negative 0.1. <laughs> Well, you know what? It's not the lowest score we've ever had in this league. No. But I'm sure Brennan it's probably will be happy. the lowest combination of points scored from your running backs and wide receivers. Has to be. Oh, it, oh it's probably close. Of the starting four, if we're not, if we're taking flex out, um, the total pointage was 4.6 of the starting <laughs> four uh, skill positions. Oof, Swan. Oof. Yeah, that was a, you know, that was a, that's a bigger oof than one. me starting uh, Kendall Hinton last year at the flex when he was a quarterback and got scoring negative 2.8 to lose me the regular season points title by two points. <laughs> that's you remember you, that? That's what you get for that. I, I, I do want to I do want to remind everyone that as bad as that score was for Brennan of 59.92, that was actually not his lowest score of the year. He scored 52.98 the week prior. Um <laughs> Was there a head coach firing in between there with those two bad <laughs> weeks? That's that calls for that jobs calls to be lost. For an adjustment. Um, I will say there was adjustments made, just didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> just really didn't matter. Oh man, tough. That was fun. That was a fun look back. That was a fun, um, fun memory lane. But that's why we have uh, of course the big man trophy is up for grabs. Um, again, this is a potential revenge game for Brennan. Um and uh, the, the guy I'm watching here on Brennan's team, man, it, it's got to be Kilometers Gaskin uh, up against Jacksonville in the starting lineup this week. Not I'm making that mistake again. 26-point week. Yeah. Yeah, that's he's not making that mistake again. He's putting Gaskin in. Good luck. Good luck. Um, I, just, I mean, Jacksonville's defense, you should be able to get some points on um, from, your, from, your, from your running back there. So... I do agree with that, uh, that take actually keeping Gaskin there. I, I, one thing that's very troublesome is that he's starting two dolphins in his lineup, Ooh. which is not a good look. If you're starting two dolphins, uh, as we know how that offense is performing this year, not great. Uh, but that's the stage that the spring chickens are at right now. Um, so I guess that's my, that's what I'm watching is the dolphins on his team. Um, I hope Swan will be up at eight 30 on Sunday to be watching that one in Jackson or at, uh, in London against Jacksonville and, uh, Noel's team. Uh, I, you know, we kind of know what we're going to get from McCaffrey if he plays, right. Yeah. We know what we're going to get from Mixon, like that eight points or whatever. Um, if he scores a touchdown, it'll be like 14, you know, good for him. Cool. Uh, yep. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm curious now about this move to pick up Ricky seals Jones at tight end. Um, 
Yeah, that one is that one is an interesting one for me. And to continue playing him even after Logan Thomas got injured and getting 6.6 points only. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, it is the Chiefs. That could be just, it could have just been Noel being like, hey, here's the Chiefs defense. They give up two big plays to Dawson Knox last week at tight end. Maybe they'll do the same for Ricky Seals Jones, but I like I, I don't hate the play at all. Um, and I think it could be something big because Again, talk about it. This Chiefs defense is 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 you know comparable to like Carlton or St. Olaf or something. <laughs> it is bad. Yes, it is not good. Um, yeah, I, I I like that pick. Um, the guy I'm watching though is going to be Kadarius Tony. Um, he is you know the, this rookie guy had a big opportunity and punched it away. Literally, doesn't it? Doesn't it baffle you that? NFL players, when they get heated, they punch other players in the helmet. who are wearing a helmet to protect them from blows much more significant than that. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you hurt your hand? You're a receiver. You need those. You very much need those. Like, yes. It, it, poof, I don't know, man. That This is this is an interesting point. No, and I'm not going to – I understand emotions run high. You're playing football at the highest level. I'm sure there's some pretty significant trash talk going on, but yeah, playing against a divisional rival, like, like I get it. I, I I would love to get look like that's a question that I want to ask. Like if I ever talk to an NFL player, um, you know, if I ever get that chance, that's the question that I will be asking. Is you know, so when you guys, you know, a scuffle happens and there's players that are you know emotions are running high, we got a physical fight going on. Do you guys think about the fact that you're punching a very hard surface that will hurt you in the hand? Or is it just like, <laughs> or do you kind of see through that and you're just, you only see the person's face and that's what you're aiming for? Uh, just, I don't, it doesn't matter. Rookies are, rookies are weird, man. I don't know. But big opportunity uh, with the rest of this roster uh, being out basically, um, but getting right. limited by Mike Glennon being the current thrower to this, uh, to this young buck here. We'll have to see uh, how this goes. Um, you know, if Tony doesn't step up, this that could be the the difference maker for Brennan to sneak in there and snag a dub here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be. You know what? I mean, I anticipate no winning by forty, but who knows? I mean, Swan's team then Swan put up like one hundred and like eighty something last year at one point in a game. So, um, yeah, Brennan's had Brennan's had some good ones. He had one hundred ninety two against you last year. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So let's uh the volatility king here is is Swan. So maybe that with the, the lows that have happened recently, maybe he just bounces back out of nowhere. Yeah, it, it's definitely gonna be uh exciting to watch here, but uh definitely gonna be a fun match of the week. Um good luck to all the teams uh this week except for the dog sniffers. Um and we will uh see you next time. Ciao.